Welcome everybody to another great installment of Calvary Christian Center. We pray that today's message encourages you and inspires you like never before. So sit back, grab your notes, your notepad, and enjoy this message live from Calvary Christian Center. for the word you on live stream come on make a little noise in the house I want you to look to the book of Revelation chapter 2 I'm warning you I've been preaching in this building by myself for going on three months and I got a few people in the house tonight and I feel like preaching hallelujah how many of you are ready for what God wants to do tonight listen I believe that that this season has changed us for the better. I believe our church is more connected. We haven't lost ground. We've taken ground. We've grown so much on live stream. All of a sudden now we have a whole nother congregation all over the world that watches us every week that's going through growth track, that's joining small groups online. I said this early on. I said we cannot let June and July look like March and April. If we come out of this the same, y'all, we have failed. But how many of you are going to come out of this loving Jesus more, loving his house more, loving revival more? Come on. If this has changed you for the good, make a little noise. and Come on. Let's send a panic wave to hell right now that the church is alive and well. I want to look today at Revelations chapter 2, verse 18. It says here, And to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write these things, says the Son of God. This is Jesus, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, your love, your service, your faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, watch this now. I have a few things against you because you allow that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants and to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into the great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill, watch this, her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now look at Malachi. Now we're talking about this spirit of Jezebel that's going to come in the last days. But watch Malachi. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet before the coming 
of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. My, my. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Look at verse 5. I will send you the Elijah, Elijah the prophet. I want to tell you that though the enemy has been raging, there is an Elijah generation that is rising up. And I think some of you are in this room tonight and some of you are watching by live stream today. I want to preach for a few minutes along these lines, the Elijah factor. If you're ready, just slip up your hands, slip up your hands at home. Father, release anointing and power. Lead us by your word in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. amen. All right, you can be seated. I can't have you high-five each other or touch your neighbor, so just high-five yourself and say, I'm ready. Amen. One of the things that I am determined in my life is to be a factor. I'm talking to you tonight for a few minutes about the Elijah factor. You at home, that's the title of this message. If I take the word factor and I defined it, it literally means this, one who actively contribute, contributes to the production of a result. Watch this, one who makes a difference. Now, I can't think of anything any worse or more disappointing than living my life and people say about me when I'm finally done, they say, he wasn't a factor. He didn't make a difference. He affected nothing. I never wanted to be said in times like this, as we've come through COVID-19, that Jim Rayleigh wasn't a factor and he led a church and a ministry that wasn't a factor. In Jesus' name, I want to tell you something. We have been a factor, and we're going to continue to be a factor. Hallelujah. We have, we have given away over 200,000 pounds of food. We've done more outreach than ever. We've touched more people than ever. We've loved on more people than ever. We've preached to more people than ever. The devil thought he was going to quieten us down, but all he did was make us determine that we are going to make a difference. Now, Jesus himself in this text has, is addressing the seven churches and he speaks to one of the churches and he calls out a woman named Jezebel. Jezebel was queen in the northern kingdom of Israel about 900 years before Christ. And you can read about her in First and Second Kings. Or you can find out a lot about her in my book, Hell Spells. It's available wherever books are sold or you can download it on Kindle. Come on, somebody, a shameless plug right there. But, but Jezebel was queen in First and Second King, and she was an immoral queen, an unrighteous queen. Ahab was king, and he wore the crown, but Jezebel was queen, and she wore the pants. Can I get a witness in the house? She made the decision. And if you define her name, Jezebel's name literally means married to Baal. And she plunged the children of Israel into worshiping Baal. She tried to get them to divorce God and to marry Baal, just like her name. And the children of Israel tried to divorce God, but the only problem was God didn't divorce them. 
Even though they tried to divorce and separate themselves from God, God said, I'm not going to let you divorce me. See, there's a lot of reasons why I love the Lord. There's a lot of reasons why I serve him. There's a lot of reasons why I praise him. There's a lot of reasons why I lift him up. But one of the reasons that I love him so much is that even when I tried to leave him, he wouldn't let me. Even when I tried to separate myself from him, he kept dealing with me. He kept contending with me. He kept convicting my heart. Is there anybody watching today or anybody here tonight that's thankful for a God who didn't give up on you when you tried to give up on him? Oh, come on, the Bible said in Isaiah that a nursing mother will forget her child before I forget you. He said, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. Now, listen, Jezebel, in, in the book of First and Second King, she is a living, breathing person. But by 900 years later, she's no longer a person. She's a spirit. And Jesus called her out. And Jezebel in the natural was very immoral and sexual in her manipulation tactics. She killed the prophets of God. You rehearse her story. She did all, she did all that she could to destroy and undermine religious authority. She wanted the truth of God's word silenced in the land, and she wanted to draw people away from him. And the Bible says in the book of Revelation that Jezebel is present then and she will even be present now. Now understand this, we know that Jezebel is a spirit. It is the spirit of Jezebel that has invaded the church and she's still a seductress. She still undermines righteous truth and authority. She is still drawing people away from the worship of Jehovah. But Revelations 2.23 declares something very unusual. It says she has children. Now, what does that mean? That certainly doesn't mean that she has physical children. That doesn't mean that she has children in the way that you and I have children. But what it means is that from generation to generation, that there have always been those who are willing to rise in that spirit of Jezebel, who want to defeat the plan and agenda of God. And that same spirit that rested on Jezebel and affected the early church 2,000 years ago still works to thwart God's plan today. And I have seen many succumb to that spirit, and they have become children of Jezebel. I've seen ministers and ministries fall prey, and that agenda of Jezebel is still strong today and it's being felt within the church on planet earth. The agenda and goal of Jezebel is the same as it has always been. The spirit of Jezebel has the same agenda to undermine spiritual authority, to undermine godly authority and teaching, and to draw people away from God. At one point, the, the old woman Jezebel, the queen, discouraged the prophet of God so much that he prayed to die. And that spirit still lives today. That seducing, water down the word, undermine spiritual authority, kill women and men of God, it's still alive today. And that spirit wants to be instrumental in bringing down the church, in making us lukewarm, and causing us to backslide. But while that spirit is at work, there is a spirit that is being released in the earth today and it is the Elijah spirit that says Jezebel you have to back down there will be revival in the land ah. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, the enemy did not take in the fact that there would be an Elijah generation that would arise. Jezebel of old thought, I'll defeat the plan of God. I'll defeat the agenda, the agenda of God. But, the, but listen, Jezebel did not, did not take into the account the Elijah factor. See, truth and Bible validity is being challenged today. It's being undermined today. It's, be, it's being criticized today. You know, I love you, but I'll tell you the truth. It's being criticized today, not just by the world, but in the church. At many of our cemeteries, I mean seminaries, come on somebody. It's being challenged today. Would so many want to water down the gospel? Who do you blame? Blame Jezebel. People are, are allowed to make any choices. It relates to partners in life and anything goes. Who do you blame? Blame Jezebel. There's a lack of biblical authority being preached because so many preachers are more concerned about being popular and prospered than they are about being prophetic and powerful. What do you have to do? You have to blame Jezebel. And I've never seen a time, if you've paid attention, when men and women of God are more discouraged, when more pastors are committing suicide because the truth is, this ain't easy, y'all. Pastoring and preaching and leading is hard work. When you lead through a pandemic, thank you for being patient with me because I never led through a pandemic before. Come on, somebody. I never led through anything like this. But I can look back across the last 11 weeks and I can say, devil, you thought you would defeat us? But look what the Lord has done. We are alive and well. We are anointed. We are powerful. We are glory-filled. We are revival-hungry. Come on. See, the children of Jezebel are hard at work in this day and age. We know it to be true. But I'm standing before you today and I'm preaching not without power and hope. On the contrary, I'm here tonight, my friends. After 11 weeks, I got good news. In the Old Testament, Jezebel had an enemy. In the Old Testament, that queen had an enemy, an arch rival, a powerful foe, that foe named Elijah. And Elijah defeated the prophets of Baal and eventually defeated Jezebel herself. And that spirit of Jezebel is on the rise and wants to influence people and wants to overcome the church. But in the story of the Old Testament Jezebel, she had to contend with Elijah. And according to the word of God, here in the last days, Jezebel's children will not go unchecked. Those that have risen in that spirit, God said, I will not allow that woman to go unanswered. I will not allow that spirit to go unchecked. He said, I will raise up in the last days a people that have the spirit of Elijah. I will raise up those who will turn the hearts of the sons to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers to the children. Come on, make a little noise if you want to be that church. Hallelujah. See, here's the good news. 
Jezebel did not overcome the plans and agenda of God in the Old Testament and her children ain't gonna do it today. Come on now. The children of Jezebel seem to be raising, but remember our text. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Come on now. Do you remember that John was the forerunner of Jesus? And they called John Elijah the prophet. When John was like the introducer of Jesus. Telling the, telling the world the Messiah is here. And you know, now Jesus has a forerunner. And the forerunner is Elijah. And Elijah is the church. And just like John went about preparing a way for Jesus, we are doing it again because Jesus is getting ready to come back. And when he comes back, there's gonna be a church that is filled with the power that Elijah had. Now, hear me. Those who who arise, how many of y'all wanna be a part of this Elijah generation? Come on, leaders, come on, you at home. Make a little noise if you want to be a part of the Elijah generation. Here's what I know about the Elijah generation. Those who arise in the spirit and anointing of Elijah are unafraid to challenge the status quo. You know, conventional wisdom said just try to get by, try to survive this season with COVID-19. But you see, the enemy underestimated the church because there were some of us who said, devil, we're not gonna lay down for you. No, no, devil, we're not gonna let you push us around. But we're gonna rise up and challenge the status quo as Elijah did. Now listen, Elijah was bad, y'all. Elijah not only challenged the prophets of God, this mighty man challenged the people. He called the people higher. He came to those prophets of Baal and he said let's build an altar he said let's bring a sacrifice and whichever God answers by fire mm -mm -mm, let him be God he confronted the prophets of Baal and he said in verse 20 he said Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel I've been right there many times And he said, how long will you falter or halt between two opinions? He was telling the people to make up their minds. He said, you better serve God or you better serve Baal, but you got to serve somebody. See, there was a horrific drought, a famine in the land because there was a lack of true dedication to the Lord. Wherever there's no dedication to God, we're not going to see rain. We're not going to see a move of his spirit because rain represents the move of God. And the people in that day, they were like, you know, Baal is okay. He's good. We can serve Baal. We can serve Asherah. We can serve Jehovah. It really doesn't matter to us. And that's so the mentality that's trying to creep up in the earth, whatever. It's okay. If you want Muhammad, go for Muhammad. If you want Confucius, go for Confucius. But the Bible says... There is one name. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. There is one name under heaven by where men must be saved. 
I said one name. Somebody shout one name. Yeah, I dare you to say one name. Not Confucius, not Muhammad, not Laodas, not Sun Young Moon, not Harry Krishna, but there is a name that is high above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. I wonder if I have anybody here that loves Jesus tonight, anybody online. I dare you to shout one name. Huh. Take that, devil. Truth has become relevant. Truth has become relevant. What does that mean? That means it shifts according to our circumstances. The Bible is true in this situation, but it's not true in that situation. It's relevant truth. But let me tell you, the Bible is true. Whatever it said yesterday is true. Whatever it says today is true. And how many of you believe? We don't change the word. The word changes us. Can I get a witness? The first thing Elijah did, he was called a troublemaker earlier in the text. The first thing a troublemaker did was build an altar. He called the nation back to the altar. And see, in this season of COVID-19, we need to call our nation back to the altar. The altar is the meeting place with God. And Elijah, the Elijah generation will build an altar. It's where you climb up to Mount Moriah and give your Isaacs to God. The altar is a place of sacrifice. It's a place where you say, God, whatever you want in my life, that's what I want. It's a place of consecration. And I want to say this. A church that understands the power of prayer is a hell-proof church. Come on, make a little noise if you're glad that you go to a hell-proof church. Because if you got a problem, we'll pray for you. If you're sick, we'll pray for you. If you're addicted, we'll pray for you. If you're bound up, we'll pray for you. And how many of you believe that when you pray, you'll hear from heaven and God moves when you pray? Now, watch this. Elijah, after, after the prophets of Baal had tried to call down fire, they were so frustrated because they couldn't get their God to answer, and then Elijah starts smack-talking. Come on, y'all. He started talking trash. Now, I'm 56. I don't play basketball anymore. But as I got older and my skills diminished, my mouth got bigger. Come on, somebody. I told y'all a while back, there was this guy. They always would put the players on me. Those that are going away to play for college, they, they, you, you, got, you got the rev, you got, you got pastor. And there was one, there was, they put this one boy on me, and he was a player. And I'm like, I mean, I'm old. Why are you putting him on me, man? Put him on somebody young. Because you know I'm going to post up. Y'all know what I'm saying. I said, put him, put him on somebody else. So I got up in his ear, and I said, hey, man, what's your name? He said, my name Andrew. I said, Andrew, good to meet you, Andrew. I'm not calling you Andrew tonight. He said, you're not. I said, no, I'm going to call you cornbread. 
He said, why are you calling me cornbread? I said, because I'm going to eat you up all night long. I'm getting right in the post and eat you up. I tell you, it's time for the people of God to know who they are and say, devil, we are not letting you push us around. You can't have our children. You can't have our church. You can't have our family. You can't have my city. Make a little noise if you want to be a part of the hell-proof church. Mm. So Elijah starts talking smack and he said, listen, maybe he's on vacation. Come on, y'all. Maybe your God's taking a nap. Hello. Maybe he's going to the bathroom. Y'all don't say nothing to me. It got so bad that they started cutting themselves, trying to bleed. Ain't you glad that you don't have to bleed for your God because your God bled for you? Come on now. See, the Elijah generation will pray. The Elijah generation will call out to God. So Elijah, he put these 12 stones around the altar. 12 represents the divine order and the government of God. He was building a picture of Israel back under God's divine government, living according to God's word. Look at me in the eyes. Here's what I want. I want my nation to serve Jehovah. I want my nation. Make a little noise if you want your nation to serve the Lord. Now watch this. The Bible says that Elijah began to call for an offering. These prophets of Baal had done all that they could do Elijah steps up and said, now boys, now, now let me show you what a real God can do. <laughs> he rebuilt the altar. He calls for the 12 stones. But then don't miss this. He calls for an investment of the people. He made the, he asked the people to bring water. See, the Elijah generation, and you have proven it in this season. You have proven it over these 11 weeks. The Elijah generation will be generous and committed to the agenda of revival. Conventional knowledge says if you don't open the doors of the church, conventional knowledge says the church is going to do less, it's going to have less, and it's going to suffer. But can I just testify? Can I talk about the goodness of the Lord? Let me tell you what, our ministry is not down financially, we are up. You ought, to get, you ought to lose your mind giving God praise right now. People have gone online and they have given. They have given to outreaches. They have given their tithe. They have given their offerings. You know why? Because they understand that church is not a building. It is not a facility. It is the people of God doing the work of God. Oh. I was blown away every week by the faithfulness of God's people. The truth is, when you believe in it, you invest in it. If you don't ever make an investment in anything, that means you don't care about it. But your investment is proof that you love it and you desire it. You know why? My wife gets all my money. Because I love her. Come on, somebody. It's important. You know it's important to you when you invest in it. 
12 barrels of water in a time of drought and famine. Think about it. 12 barrels of water when there was no water was a tremendous sacrifice. And if we want to see God move in our life, sometimes it may cost us a little something. But isn't it amazing that Elijah asked for the precious and God still expects an investment from his people. Water in the time of famine, 12 barrels during a drought. What an exceptional offering. But the truth is it seems today that the church is in a spiritual drought in so many places. And it's a drought of the eyes. The reality is there had to be water on the altar. And too many altars are dry. But the Elijah a generation will bring tears to the altar. We'll pray for our children. We'll pray for our cities. We'll weep for a generation. See, here's the truth. If we're going to see the power of God manifested, there will always have to be more work around the altar. If we don't have any time to pray, then we shouldn't think it's strange that we're powerless and that there's no supernatural fire in our midst. Prayer's hard work. It's hard on the flesh, it's hard on pride, it's hard on the carnal mind. But the reality of it all is this, humble people pray, needy people pray, desperate people pray. People who know they can't fix it by themselves, they pray. People who know they need the Lord, they pray. People who know they can't do it without God, they pray. Make a little noise if you need the Lord in this house. Now let me move quickly. He placed those 12 stones around. He dug a trench, put 12 barrels of oil. Now isn't it amazing that he poured water all over that sacrifice and water is the enemy of fire. The last thing you want to do if you're trying to start a fire, y'all ain't saying nothing to me, is put water on what you're trying to fire up. How unusual is it that God would use water to start a fire? I got in that thing this afternoon and the Lord said, tell my people, I'm about to do a thing that's gonna blow their mind. I'm about to bring something in their midst and they're gonna find out what the devil thought would work against them. I'm gonna make it work for them. Y'all don't make me come down there. The devil thought that COVID-19 was gonna work against us, but the Lord moved on our behalf and the very thing that hell thought I will work it against them, God said I'll work it for them. I need somebody at home, I need somebody right now that believes that God is working some things out for you. Things that are unusual, things that tried to defeat you. One, two, three, give God a praise right now. The devil said, I'll use the way you were raised. I'll use the battle that you got in. I'll use the fact that you were abandoned. Oh, come on, somebody. 
I'll use the fact that you didn't have a good dad or you had a bad mom. I'll use the fact that, that, that some, some woman walked out on you. I use the fact that you lost that job and you thought it was so bad. It looked like water on the fire. But God said, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I can take what the enemy meant for evil and I can turn it for good. Come on, give God a praise in this room tonight. Remember, contextually, what we were after, we're after fire. He said, the God who answers by fire, let him be God. It wasn't complicated. He called on the Lord and the fire fell. Huh? I believe in this next season, y'all come on. I got a feeling that by the time we get to the end of the summer, that there's gonna be so much revival in Calvary. There's gonna be so much fire on our campuses. There's gonna be so much glory that the devil will rue the day that there ever was a COVID-19 because the people are ready for the fire. Make a little noise if you're ready for the fire. Ah. I know you can't high five nobody, but just holler at somebody and say, I'm ready for the fire. Come on, holler at your boy. Holler at your boy tonight and say, I'm ready for the fire, Pastor. Holler at me from your house and say, I'm ready for the fire. I'm, re I'm ready for a move of God. And the Bible said that the fire fell and it licked up the sacrifice. Oh, Jesus. And it, and, it, and it licked up the water, and it licked up the wood, and it even licked up the stones. I mean, I've heard of wood burning up. I've heard of water evaporating. But who ever heard of a stone burning up? And the Lord said, that represents the hard things. Tell my people that I'm getting ready to deal with the hard things in their lives. Those hard children, that hard situation, that hard past, that hard problem. I hear the Lord say, get ready, get ready. That marriage issue, that financial issue, that health issue. How many of you believe that God can still deal with the hard things? The Elijah generation, the Elijah generation is desperate for the fire. The fire represents God's glory. It represents revival. Come on, somebody. I'm coming out of this more hungry for revival. Devil, you should have left me alone. You only thought I was a radical preacher before you should have left me alone. You only thought we were hungry, Calvary, before you should have left us alone. Let, let me share a testimony. We went in to COVID-19 with four campuses, but we about to come out of COVID-19. We got two more campuses getting ready to come online. One in Wisconsin and one in Northwest Florida. The devil should have left us alone. 
the devil should have left us alone. I gain a shout. If the devil should have left, he should have left your children alone. He should have left your family alone. He should have left your marriage alone. Tell somebody he should have left us alone. Here it is. They're, they're calling down fire. Fire is God's presence, right, Pastor Josh? Fire represents revival. But right after the fire, there came the rain. The drought was broken. Fire represents revival. Rain represents increase. Nothing grows without the rain. So after the fire came the rain. I believe that the Lord is sending down the fire. But throughout the rest of 2020, we're going to have rain. 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 Rain on every campus. We're going to have rain in our youth ministry. We're going to have rain in our children's ministry. You're going to have rain at your house. You're going to have rain over your family. Jezebel said, I got him. These 400 prophets of Baal, we're going to defeat him. But she didn't take into mind and bear into mind the Elijah factor. <laughs> Hell thinks and thought it would defeat us. But even though the children of Jezebel have seemed strong, the children of Jezebel made the same mistake that their mama made. They failed to plan for the Elijah factor. Hell thought I'll shut the building down for three months and I'll destroy the church once and for all and there'll just be nobody coming back but hell failed to realize that there is a factor, the Elijah factor. There is a generation that says, devil, you didn't stop me. You didn't block me. You didn't hold me back. I just got hungry. Remember, what is a factor? A factor contributes to change, to victory, to the outcome. We're coming out of this. You're coming out of this. You by live stream all over the world, you leaders that came tonight, you're coming out of this more dangerous than you've ever been. More desperate hey, than you've ever been. Come on, make a little noise if you're ready to be more anointed than you've ever been. More passionate than you've ever been. More powerful than you've ever been. I'm hungry for the altar. I'm hungry for the fire. I'm hungry for the presence. I'm hungry for the rain. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna change the outcome. We're gonna, we're gonna make a difference. Our church is gonna be 
stronger because you're going to be stronger. Now, after Elijah called down the fire and slew the 400 prophets of Baal, this takes place in First and Second Kings. Jehu, his servant, his assistant, came riding into the northern kingdom. Jezebel, oh heifer, come on. That was southern Israel, can I get a witness in the house? She's up there putting on her makeup. Read it. She's up there trying to beautify herself. She's got a few eunuchs up there with her. You know what eunuchs were. They, they, they had their manlyhood. Uh, you know the story. <laughs> I ain't gonna go there. We're trying to keep this PG. Can I get a witness? But y'all, what happened was, come on, y'all know. That was the price for being close to her. Anything that robs your ability to produce next in your life, if the price tag is to steal your ability to procreate, that's too big of a price tag. The enemy wants to rob you. That was the price that they paid for being close to her because the king wanted to know these men can be there and they won't mess with my wife. That's basically it. Jehu comes riding in. Come on now. He's riding in on his horse and slides in there and shouts, Who is on the Lord's side? Who is on my side? Because I'm on the Lord's side. These three eunuchs looked at each other and said, hmm. Oh, well, the lights went off. But I ain't worried about it. Come on. Somebody give me your phone. Hallelujah, devil. You ain't scaring me. All right. Who is on the Lord's side? Watch this. This is the best part of the message. So you got to be really loud because the devil's going to think he won. But the truth is he lost again because when they threw her over, they threw her off of the balcony and she landed on the balcony and she died right then and there because somebody made a decision and they said, I am on the Lord's side. I want everybody in this room today that is on the Lord's side. My God, stand on your feet and make a little noise in the house. Shout it off me. Hallelujah. I said make a little noise. Look up. Hey, anytime you choose the Lord's side, the light is going to come on. Can I get a witness? Somebody shout if you're on the Lord's side. Hey, we're going to air this tomorrow. We're going to air that. We ain't, we ain't going to edit nothing out of this because we want the enemy to know every time you try to make it dark, the people of God will come through and we will see the miracle-working power of the Lord. So as we, as we close this thing out, you by live stream, listen, maybe you're not where you need to be with the Lord. Maybe there's things in your life that ought not be there. And you say, Pastor, I want to be a factor. 
I want to be a difference maker. But there's sin in my life. Now you're, all I have here tonight is just some of the most precious leaders on the planet. We're here planning for our opening next Sunday. But we would all join with you and pray. And you can join the Elijah generation. You say, well, I got struggles, I got issues, I got problems. Jesus, how many of y'all believe Jesus can save them right now? So I want you to take your hand, I want you to place it on your heart, and I want you to pray this prayer after me. Everybody pray loud and strong. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, please forgive me for all my sins. Take my heart, wash it clean in your precious blood. I receive you now as Lord and Savior. I'll never be the same again. If you prayed it in a minute, God changed your life. Listen, all you have to do is type salvation or like the post, and we'll know that you accepted the Lord, and we'll get in touch with you. Make a little noise for all those who just found Jesus right here, right now. Here's what's going to happen. Next week, we will open 9 11 15. All the social distancing product protocols will be in place. I want all them to hear you. How many of you think Calvary's ready with the social distancing guidelines, the way that we've seated people? How many of you think we're going to be ready for them when they get here? Make a little noise. We're going to be ready for you. What a night. What a day. What a God. I love you. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it inspired you in every single way. For more information about Calvary Christian Center or to give, you can go to calvaryfl.com and be sure to subscribe and like this podcast. And we will see you next week here on the Calvary FL Podcast.